This is the Athletic Baseball Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. That is hammered. Oh, my. Man, that ball got out of here in a hurry. You know, anything travels that far ought to have a damn stewardess on it, don't you think? to the roundtable with Grant Brisby, Andy McCullough, and Mark Carrig on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode number 38 of the roundtable, which is a segment of the Athletic Baseball Show. It's a show about baseball. The only sport that we're going to talk about today is baseball. I'm Grant Brisby, here with Andy McCullough and Mark Carrig. Uh, gentlemen, you ready to talk some baseball? Man, Grant sitting there in his Steve Bono jersey, feeling all sad. <laughs> or was it Tom Rathman? Which one? Bono, Rathman, Brent Jones. You're a Brent Jones guy probably, right? Man, J.T. O'Sullivan. Mm. You got to rep UC Davis too. Mm. You know who was a great baseball player? Uh, Tom, Pat Tom Mahomes. <laughs> Pat Mahomes, great reliever. He was a great reliever from the New York Mets. And, you know, he had a son. His name's Patrick Mahomes. And uh, his football team, the Kansas City Chiefs, is actually going to be playing a different football team, the Philadelphia Eagles, in the Super Bowl next week. And do you know why? Because the Philadelphia Eagles stomped the 49ers into the ground with no mercy whatsoever. It was glorious. I had a great time watching it. Literally gave their quarterback one of the best stories i've ever followed in sports made him have tommy john surgery possibly yes you know i do have to say i agree with what a lot of folks in the bay area were saying it was an absolute shame that the san francisco 49ers quarterbacks suffered two non-contact injuries during that game total fluke things that had nothing to do with their inability to block the eagles defensive line and it is doubly unfair that the Philadelphia Eagles were playing with a completely healthy quarterback who has not dealt with any sort of major arm issues <laughs> in recent weeks. For context, for the people who listen to this, you know, Grant and Andy are like too cool for school about pretty much everything except for the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. Like this is legit. Like you guys think this is a work. This is a shoot. You understand? This is a shoot right now. So when I, I used to be, I don't know if you know this, I used to be a, a huge fan of the San Francisco Giants, right? I used to care whether they won or lost. Uh, then I became a professional. I came, I, I just went and I, you know, I, 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 I like storylines. I root for storylines. I'm not a fan of the Giants um, like I, I present myself. I'm kind of a fraud. So I took all that fandom and I put it into the Warriors and 49ers. And I am that kind of idiot when it comes to the Niners and the Warriors. They've been good to me, the Warriors, a little bit more so than the 49ers. <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, that that's so I'm not coming at this from, you know, I'm just sort of a passing guy. Like, I, I am in. I am in, and I'm a little upset. A little upset at Andy. You know, I do have to say that uh, much like Grant, you know, I, wa I once was a very passionate fan about Philadelphia teams, uh, most namely the Eagles. But I stowed that away 
you know, as I went through college and I realized I wanted to be a capital J journalist. And as I worked through newspapers and, you know, thought it was so important to maintain my objectivity, I did, I don't care about the Eagles. The Eagles won the Super Bowl. I was like, well, I'm happy for my, my friends and family. But, and that was a nice game to watch. But now, like, no one will ever hire me to write about football. Like none of the big, you know, the Washington Post is never going to hire me. Like the New York Times is never going to hire me. Like let's go birds. Like let's just let it all out. Go birds. Jalen Hurts, number one. Go birds. This is amazing. I love it. Well, I, I wish you luck on your quest to become a capital J journalist. Uh, I think there's going to be good things in store for you. The only capital J you need to worry about, Grant, is Jalen Hurts stomping <laughs> On the 49ers in your nightmares. This is the Athletic Baseball Show, uh, <laughs> The Roundtable, episode 38. I am Grant Brisby here with uh, Anna McCola, Mark. Craig. And now, in depth uh, analysis of the Luis Arias Pablo Sandoval deal. Pablo Sandoval, good Lord. Wow. Pablo Lopez. Can we cut that? Cut that. Cut no. That. no. Cut oh, that. that's so good. That's so stupid. My brain is so. Broken. Pablo Sandoval is a 0.00 ERA in his career. Like he's he probably playing winter ball. Yeah, he probably is. All right, <laughs> we are. Uh, we have an idea that we've been kicking around for gosh, like uh, months. I mean, we've been thinking about this one for a while. I've been thinking about this one for a while. We're going to get to the World Series champion in kind of a roundabout reverse way. We're going to have a draft of the teams. That will not win the World Series. And then uh, the 29th team that is left, uh, or after the 29 drafts, picks, there's going to be a winner, a World Series winner, by default, the two sweetest words in the English language. Who wants to go first? I'd love to go. I'll, I'll take the first pick in this draft. Sure. Who's who's going to not win well, the, the World Series? Well, the first pick in the team. What, what, what are we going to call this draft? What um, do we call this? The not World Series champions draft? No, I mean... The failure draft. What do we call this? The first pick in the horseshit baseball franchise draft. Oh, man, that's tough. I don't know if I agree with Dude, that. Dude, do you know what yeah, was tough? How about James nice. Fegan dropping an F on the Chicago White Sox today in, in the um, all 30 uh, off-season grades? The only one, by the way, that had, like, the cojones to, like, grade his team hard. Well, I, Nick Groke did, too, but that's almost too easy. But, like, you know, yeah, Jim Jam Fegan, how about that? An F for the Chicago White Sox. And everyone averaged, like, a B-, minus, which is like the – it's like jocks for – you know, rocks for jocks. That That's how easy a grade it would be. You know? <laughs> it's geology. Yeah, yeah, right? Like, come on. F seems strong, but what, what are you supposed to give him? Like a C? Hey, I thought his argument was, was fine. So they didn't fill enough needs and they sent Clevenger. So anyway, um, all right. The first pick in this draft. Dude, my favorites, man. The Colorado Rockies. The Colorado Rockies. They're terrible. That's like a Bryce Harper, Alex Rodriguez, 1-1, like top. Ken Griffey Jr., you know who's going to get drafted the second you step up to the podium. Well, whatever. I mean, I actually am surprised by that, but that's okay. I think there's several. I think there's several. I mean, there are. There are. But like, you know, you really can't go wrong. I feel like there's like four teams where if they were the number one pick, you're fine. There's no consensus number one here. Is there? Well, no, not really. Not really. I'm just talking about the general vibe. Of the Rockies, not so much like their on-field talent, because what they're like we've said talent? on the pod a hundred. We've said on the pod a hundred times they're not just trying to figure out the game of baseball, which is hard. They're trying out to figure out physics, which is even harder. So tough, tough break for the Rockies. I can go next. Oakland A's. Yep, Oakland A's. 
You don't think they're going to make a big splashy trade in midseason? Bunch of gritty up-and-comers. Okay, A's are good. I'm going to go Nationals. I think the Nationals, a pretty foul collection of talent um, when I'm looking at their lineup. Patrick Corbin, if he's not better, I think he's their number two starter. I, like, I want to see the alternate history where they keep Harper, they keep Soto. I think they're in a mess in the pickle right now anyway. So I was one of those people like, oh, how could they just, you know, let it all go? I think they kind of needed to. Um, Turner, like, it's just, what are they going to do? Pay the, that team, that core, $50 million a player? I don't know. I don't think the Nationals are going to be very good this year. I think they're going to be very bad. I do think that they did well in the Soto trade at the very least. And so there is a base of talent that you can maybe start to dream on. But yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're very far away. I'll tell you, speaking of very far away, the number four pick in this draft, the Cincinnati Reds. Oof. Very far away. Very, very far away. And by the way, the bang up offseason by the owners again. Holy smokes. Get them away from the microphones. Get them away from lunches. Good Lord. Enough. So Cincinnati Reds, number four. They are brutal. They were, they're going to be brutal for a while. You know, it's hard to see that rebuild coming together. It's almost like watching Detroit kind of fumble their way through one. You're just like, you know, they're sort of doing what they're kind of supposed to do, but not really, you know, and you're just like, mm, I'm not feeling very confident. So Cincinnati Reds, number four, could have gone higher. I kind of see, like, I, I like how their pitching development uh, has gone. It seems like they've got some smart uh, cookies working on the pitching side. Uh, it's not going to be enough for a long, long time. The one thing they have going for them is their division contains the number five pick, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah. Pirates are bad. Boy, they're bad. They are bad. And, and But you know what's crazy? They spent money for them this offseason. They've actually added quote-unquote talent and paid for some of it, you know, again, relative to them. And they're still going to be very, very bad. Very bad. At least they are. At least they did bring in some veteran guy. I mean, I don't know. They're top of the lineups. O'Neill Cruz, Brian Reynolds, Cabrian Hayes, G-Man Choi. You got McCutcheon back. I don't know. Carlos Santana hitting six. Maybe I'm giving them a little bit of a, a, a rough, raw deal. Um, but then you've got Rich Hill as the, the second starting pitcher. I think he's 43. That doesn't seem great. So how dare I was going to say, you're going to set off Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I, all the Eagles chatter got me high. You might as well take here. a shot I'm at Jalen Hurts take, at this point. Taking unnecessary <laughs> shots at, at Dick Mountain. Ah, so it's it, I'm tempted to use my pick for the Angels to get them under slot so that I can get a good <laughs> second round pick and draft like the Wizards or something. I think I'm going to go with Tigers. I think Tigers are Ooh. the next logical thing. They're fine. They're fine. But they're also very much not fine. I just, I wonder, Eduardo Rodriguez is such a, uh, a mystery. I don't know. I think the Tigers, I, I don't see a parade for the Tigers. The Tigers like kind of pushed their chips in a couple years ago and, and made some like big moves and those deals have not looked great. And so, uh, yeah, and the, the farm system, the raft of starting pitching that they drafted hasn't exactly arrived. Dude, they've all been hurt or bad or a combination of both. And then as an added bonus, they can't hit. I mean, Javier Baez, that, that contract looks bad if he doesn't start he does a lot of things well in the field so it's is he has a higher floor than maybe some other free agent debacles but man if he doesn't hit at all that, that is a bad deal it just feels like there's going to be a period of untangling over there 
right? It's been a mess, and and it's just it, it t- it's gonna take time to undo GM, some of this stuff. Exactly. Stuff. <clears throat> so uh, yeah, I think that's a that's a solid pick. So am I on the clock? Kansas City Royals are still on the board, right? Kansas City Royals, it is. I put KC in there. And they uh, they're still looking for their first championship uh, as an organization. <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, I don't I don't play for the team. Uh, uh, now we're into okay. Now we're into a little bit more challenging territory. Yes. I think. But I still think this is pretty straightforward. If anything, it's just a commentary on how good their division is. Miami Marlins, I don't foresee. You know, like I got a question in my mailbag last week that was like, how does, you know, the Arias trade change their outlook? And it's like uh, they swapped a good player for a good player. They still don't have enough good players. Like, you know, it's in a in a challenge trade sense, maybe they feel like Arias is, you know, over the next few years will be more valuable than Lopez. But like. It doesn't move the needle in any way that gets them anywhere close to the third best team in that division, I think. Like this is the uh, demarcation line where I'm starting to go like if the Marlins were to have some weird fluke season behind their pitching, like I I can almost kind of sort of squint and say, yeah, you know, like I... I'm more bullish on the Marlins than any other team we've mentioned so far. Even if I'm with you, and I don't think that, you know, they're the third best team in the division, that, yeah. But there's talent there. They've got one of the best pitchers alive, and that helps. Yeah, they have a lot of pitching talent, but uh, they do not have a ton of hitting talent. And they play in the division with the team that went to the World Series and two teams that are better than that team. (laughs) I mean, that's exactly right. Geography is what's going to kill them. And, And although the schedules are unbalanced this year so they that's a bit of a break right you're not like just running into these you know buzz saws again the pennant winner and 200 win ball clubs right like that's that's the other three teams in the division it's still going to be an uphill climb for them I, I just you know and again like they would have to really kill it everywhere else to, to make hay in a division where you got three really good teams atop it so I guess it's one of those where you, both things can be true. I think being bullish on them is totally reasonable, but also it, it, it's realistic that they're going to struggle this year just because of what division they're playing in. I can't tell if this is an overdraft or not. I, I'm going through the list of the teams that are left, but I, I got to go Red Sox. Yeah. I have to go Red Sox <laughs> because they, they have rotation with a high ceiling, but I'm like putting the over-under on innings combined from the rotation at like 80 like combined, like they have guys who haven't pitched in a long time, who are almost 40, who just have injury after injury. That's rough enough. And then you've got Devers, who's great. Uh, Justin Turner, Alex Vertigo in like the, the middle of the order. Did I say Vertigo? Because I'm thinking of Hitchcock. Verdugo. <laughs> Alex Vertigo. Vertigo. Yeah, no, that's that is that is when he is. Uh, yeah. All right. But uh, I just I don't know. I, I don't see it for the Red Sox this year. Uh, they've surprised me before. They've really surprised me before. I just, I, they're, they're my pick though. Just real quick, roster resource projects uh, James Paxton to make 23 starts in uh, 2023. Uh, since the year 2020, he has made six starts. So um, I would bet the under on that one. No offense to Mr. Paxton. It's just a health thing. It's hard to stay healthy when you get injured. They have, like, you go through and if you pull out the best case scenario for that rotation, it's kind of a heck of a rotation. But you got it, like, you're starting to multiply by exponents and stuff. It's, 
34-year-old Chris Sale, 37-year-old Corey Kluber. I mean, we're not talking, you know, we're we're talking about players. We're remembering, you know, it reminds me of like the, the Mets would like talk about, you know, well, Jason Bay, you know, has really good numbers at this ballpark. And they're like, right, that's before he had a concussion. Like you're talking about a player who doesn't exist anymore. Look, Maybe. the Red Sox rotation could lead the American League in ERA. They could also lead the American League in MRIs. And then that's the issue. Like that, <laughs> there is no way they lead the American League. ERA. Did you just come up with that, or is that like a is that a writer? I was thing? just I was just setting up a line. I just came up with it. Yes, yes. I didn't plan it out like you know. It wasn't weeks of planning like this cockamamie draft that we're doing right now. So speaking of which, this is the number ten pick of the draft, as a, by my count, and so this is the rounding out the bottom third of the league. The Chicago White Sox. You got Fagan on your mind. Just don't think they did enough to get better. And they weren't very good last year. And Why wouldn't they have a sense of urgency? They're one of those clubs. It's, it's just weird. so hard to figure them out. I think there's there's always been, and baseball's always been this way. That's sort of like the teams that kind of do their own thing. They're kind of on an island a little bit. Like it's hard to, and, and the Chicago White Sox have been one of those clubs forever. So, you know, I guess you chalk it up to that. I'm not sure why. They wouldn't act with more urgency. Obviously, um, you know, they've got some needs that, you know, Ben Intendi, adding Ben Intendi is not nothing. That's good. But, you know, it, it's really hard to look at that and think that they got better. And, you know, they needed to. They, they, they had all those expectations last year, and they weren't very good. They were, they were like that all season long. You're just kind of waiting for them to turn it on, and it never happened. And so uh, what would you see this off season? that would give you any confidence that they're closer to being able to turn it on like that. I, I don't see it. Even though they're cha- they've changed managers and all that, I still don't see it. I think that's too high for them. Uh, I still think they have a lot of good players. If those players stay healthy and perform, which I guess is maybe not, maybe a little more complicated uh, scenario than the one I originally posited. But they had a lot of things go wrong for them last year, whatever. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't – I don't pick them to win the division or anything, but, like, you can squint and see them winning the division. One thing they do have is if Player X is all of a sudden a super-duper-duper star, uh, you can – it wouldn't surprise you. Like, Andrew yeah, Vaughn. If a lot all of a sudden guys. he just, like, good, just busts out and, like, oh, yeah, I kind of expected that based on his draft position. If, if Yon Moncada, like, busts out and he's the MVP, yeah, sure, you know, I, I could – kind of squint and see that so they do have those guys with the ceilings they have a lot of guys who could potentially have five win ceilings you know Eloy Jimenez Luis Robert Tim Anderson Moncada Vaughn you know they have the Yaz King they have a lot of good players uh, I think the fact that they spent so much money and were so aggressive this past offseason uh, may be influencing how much we think of the next pick number 11 the Texas Rangers who are a bit lighter uh, on the lineup side than uh, than the White Sox. Uh, and I do think, obviously, right, if everything goes the way that the Rangers are hoping it will go with their rotation, he's like, whoa, that's a pretty good rotation. But you're also banking on Jacob deGrom staying healthy, Martin Perez being able to you know, re- replicate what he did last year. Nathan Evaldi staying healthy, uh, Andrew Heaney staying healthy, you know, John Gray, um, you know, putting it together. So I, yeah, I I think the Rangers, especially playing in their division, are going to have an uphill slog. That is a pretty solid pick. I I think I got to go and I wanted to take them later. I wanted to take them much later, but the Orioles, uh, they are. I I I had them queued up. Dang it. 
Whoa, uh, you guys are haters. Wow. Well, I like they are my MLB.tv team. I cannot wait to watch them. Uh, I, this is the part where we're going to start to become haters, even though we could actually see these teams doing a lot more than maybe their projections uh, are, are giving them credit for. But... I don't know. Like they've got a lot of young talent. Maybe it all comes together. Maybe it takes another couple years. I'm looking at uh, opening day starter Kyle Gibson. You know, uh, you got what Cole Irvin is their number two. Like they're exciting as heck. But we're talking World Series team, right? Uh, they would have to get through a tough AL East. Um, so I, I'm going to go Orioles. I'm on the clock. You took you took the Orioles off, so I'll go Chicago Cubs. Yeah, that's a slam yep. dunk. I mean, that's a, yeah. this is right about their level, ain't it? Right, like just you know, this is uh, not quite there. I mean, look, uh, that, that Dansby Swanson signing is gonna be interesting to watch. You know, like I think that's, gosh, good player, right? Don't get me wrong, really, really good player. Um, also, sometimes you get like a market that yields that kind of deal, right? And and this seems to be a product of that market. And so, I'm curious just as to, you know, how he handles the kind of expectations that come with that. All right. Um, again, really good player. Not sliding him in the least, but I, I think it would be fair to say that no one saw that coming. And so, you know, when you're you're playing on a team that they're trying to get good at some point, it's gonna be a lot of focus on this guy. So, um, yeah, I'll be interested there. I just realized that they signed five of their nine starters uh, this off season. It's Swanson. Hosmer, Mancini, Bellinger, and Tucker Barnhart. Uh, that's I don't remember a team doing that in recent years where they just went out and basically got a brand new lineup. Um, there's some good players that I just mentioned, but it's it, it, a little bit of an uphill battle for them. All right, I think I got to do it. Was this 14, right? 14. No, I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not going to do it. I am not going to do it. I will take the Arizona Diamondbacks. Even though I like the Diamondbacks, and, I like and them I'm, a lot, uh, and I'm and I'm being influenced also by Keith Law's uh, top prospect rankings, which just came out, which obviously was well represented by D-backs. I just think they're a little short. Uh, they don't have the star power just yet of the team that I didn't want to take, which I think we all know <laughs> who who it is. Like if the Dodgers were the Dodgers of last year, I think the D-backs are like a top ten pick just because you're not getting through the Dodgers. I think that they are going to be a lot uh, more vulnerable this year. The Padres are going to be pretty good. So I don't know. I'll just take, I'll take Arizona. I thought you were going to take the Giants and then I was going to maybe take Arizona, but I didn't like it. Uh, so I'm just going to take the Giants. Like I don't want, I don't want people to get mad at me, but I don't think they will. I think this, I'm surprised they lasted this long. They lost Carlos Rodon. Um, they made some like moves that make sense out of context. I like Mitch Haniger, <laughs> I like Michael Conforto. I, I mean, I like the players they got in. If you just like make me do an elevator pitch for these players and their possibility for success in 2023, sure, I, I kind of like these deals. Ross Stripling, uh, Sean Manaya, I, I like them, but they're not as good as they were last year without Rodon, and that's a problem. Yeah, I think that's the best way to describe the offseason is you can defend all of these in, in context. But when you put it all together, it's like, what? what, what they on? needed a superstar. And yeah, I just, yeah, they, yeah. they didn't really try and get one as far as I can so remember. So curiosity. The Giants are, are 15th pick in our draft, right? Right down the middle. If we rewind the tape and Carlos Correa's ankle isn't like a tuning fork and the Giants are cool with it, all right? And he signs there. Where are they taking? Where are you taking them in this draft? 
right? It's not going to be 15, obviously. So how, how many spots are they moving up if Correa actually does sign with them? I mean, you're not going to take them over the a big swath of teams. You're not taking them over the Yankees, Dodgers, Padres, Phillies, Mets, Braves. I mean, you might be going down to 10. So that's still 10, five 11. spots. Like, that's yeah. pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, Correa's a good player. He's a okay. good player. All right. I guess it's my turn, huh? Um, how about the under the same management Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim? Yeah, that's, that's what I. That's, that's what, what you I were thinking, right, take. Andy? Like, yeah, yeah, that's what I didn't yeah. want to take. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you've heard this story before, <laughs> you know? Like, I do feel like they've had a pretty good off season in some ways. I do feel like they bolstered portions of the roster that needed to be fixed, but like. It's the you know it's the angels. I mean, we've seen you've seen it year after year. Uh, you know, you got to show me the body, right? It's not like they had a bad off season. I agree. They had a good off season, actually. All right, but like this is the the, the curse of having two guys that are like that in Trout and Otani. It's like if you don't do the Mets thing and just freaking go all out and, and decide you're going to be crazy. Like, there's no other play that makes it work because, like, yeah, they had a good offseason. I'm totally with that. They're not in the same conversation as the Houston Astros, who are the best team in the division. They're not even in the same room after a good offseason, and you got these two players. So that's the issue they face. For them to actually move the needle to get where they need to get with those two guys, you need to be Steve Cohen. And And Artie Moreno is not Steve Cohen. It's not happening there. I mean, it was credit. He's tried in the past. But right, like, I mean, he has, but, you know, it's just, it, it's, man, you look at this era with those two guys, it's just like missed timing, missed opportunities, all that. Under same management. All right, now we're at another, what number, this is going to be 17? Uh, yep. Pick 17. Oh, this is straightforward. Uh, Milwaukee Brewers. The thing is, is that if the Brewers can make the tournament, like I, you know, because of their pitching, right? You got to like it. You got to like their chances at least somewhat. But, um, you know, they sort of tore down. Uh, they traded away Renfro. Uh, hey, Rosie. They traded away uh, Wong. You know, there's a chance if they're not in it this summer, they will deal. You know, like, like the, the Brewers are the team in the, like, the last, whatever, 15 picks who are most likely to trade their best player this summer. I mean, I don't know. Because the Otani, it's just going to be tough for the Angels to trade Otani. They very clearly do not want to move him. Um, so, he, that makes it, you know, if they're if they're in a middling sort of uh, clip and there are good offers out there for Burns or Woodruff or something, they might do it, and that would take them off the map for, you know, World Series contention for me. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right, now we're we're really getting to the point where we're just going to start cheesing people off. Like yes. <laughs> all of these teams are good teams. We don't hate you personally. Uh, we're going to have to cheese someone off. But I don't think Mariners fans would be too upset with me taking the Mariners here. Wow. The back back end of the lineup is just a little rough. It's just a little like you've got a lot of sub 310 on base percentages uh, at the end. I like the Mariners. I want them to win the World Series. That would be funny. I have a lot of friends who are invested in the Mariners. Uh, uh, I wish them well. And I hope I'm wrong. But, But this is an important draft. And I take this seriously, and I just have to go with my gut here. <laughs> I take this seriously. I love yeah, that. No, this is important. This is anything that's happening. Uh, broadcast journal. Sunday. A, I love that. I'm a broadcast journalist. So good. Uh, 
Who's next? St. Louis Cardinals? Oh, that's a bad pick. Bad pick? Tell me why. It's Who am I pick. missing? They catch, they catch the baseball. They got Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. Aren't they like 50 yet? No, I guess Arenado's just 32. Goldschmidt's <laughs> 35, though. That's, that's wild. This is the part of the program where these are all good teams, so not to slight the St. Louis Cardinals, but that seemed to be my first thought in just scanning the available uh, teams. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, I like the fact that they went and uh, got a good replacement, obviously, for Molina in, in Contreras, so that that's a good sign. Um, but, like, you know, I'm not trying to knock it, man. It's just this is this is where it starts to get kind of interesting so um st louis for me who else would, would have been well you're next so like what yeah i mean i'll, t- I'll tell yeah. you it's the phillies mm. the philadelphia phillies i mean they you know they did obviously make the world series and had gave everyone and the city of brotherly love a you know a, a rollicking good october but they also won 87 games and bryce harper is coming back from tommy john surgery and it's unclear when he'll be healthy so adding trey turner is definitely a plus not having bryce harper is definitely a minus and they play in the division with two teams that won 101 games and got better this winter that's a that's an uphill climb for me i hate uh, my order uh, where I'm coming up in the order. I hate this pick because there's no good answer. Oh, I'm just going to go with uh, the Guardians. I have to go <laughs> Guardians. <laughs> See, that's painful. Just be- that's painful. It is. Yeah. Like, they're, they're uh-huh. good. They're good. They they catch the ball. They uh, they get out. They get a lot of strike amounts, yeah. I watched that lineup, though, in the postseason. <laughs> And it's just you. a lot of things would need to go right, and a lot of things can go right. And I think if the Guardians won the World Series, I would be more than willing to hop on a podcast with uh, you two fine gentlemen and talk about how I knew it was coming the whole time. Uh, but that's where we're at at this point. I, I think the Guardians are just, they need a, just a little bit more of the old hitting. The old hitting. All right. So, I'm back on the clock. Um, You're back on the clock. Ooh, I hate this answer, but like Tampa Bay Rays, Tampa Bay Rays, um, you know, and, and like for no other reason than, uh, you know, they, they also like dude, they, in their division lurks a couple of, I think, monsters, right? Like I'm really high on the Yankees, really high on the Blue Jays. So that that's informing some of this pick. Um, hey, credit to them. Zach Afflin big time move for you know relatively speaking so like that's you know we, we there's always that that um rumor that comes out about the rays that they were flirting with somebody big time right like yeah they're always in the mix so like zach afflin isn't that guy obviously but you know it is still like for them a big time expenditure and it's an interesting ad um i just think being in a division with you know a toronto team that i'm super high on and of course the yankees who you know, it certainly didn't get any worse this off season. Um, you know, that's just it's a tough it's a tough place to be if you're them. You know, doing it the way that they do it. You know, they get credit for being super resourceful and all that stuff, but it doesn't change the fact that you're still neighbors with the Yankees and Blue Jays. All right, I'm twenty. This is twenty three. Yes, Dodgers. God, that's me. <laughs> Dodgers. Uh, they have not gotten better. They are banking on a wave of prospects to buoy them at a time when they have decided to practice something resembling fiscal restraint. It's an interesting gambit, to say the least. It's not a very popular one in L.A. 
Yeah, I mean, I think if you just look at the other clubs who are left, right? Like the Dodgers can maybe hang with them on like the one through five in the roster. But, you know, six through 10, you know, 11 through 15. And that was where they used to be. That was used to be what separated the Dodgers, right? Is that a lot of teams had five great, had five stars, but their one through 26 was like ferocious. And there's a chance that if, if this wave of, prospects turns out to be a wave of dudes that they that it will be like it was but like this team doesn't have jock peterson and kike hernandez on the bench and that is kind of the difference between this iteration and the sort of end of the the empire that uh that might be at its end i don't know i mean i wrote that last several years ago whatever it was it was so stupid (laughs) but like i think i might have been right i don't know you know i don't know I don't know, man. I'm not going to compare their rotation to the Red Sox because that's ridiculous, but I'm going to use the same kind of language where you have a ceiling for that rotation and you have a floor and maybe you hit that ceiling, but when you're talking about Clayton Kershaw misses time every year, uh, Gonsolin, Syndergaard, Dustin May, they have a wave. They have uh, Ryan, boy, I've never said his name out loud, Pepio. Pepio, yeah, good job, Pepio. All right, yeah, so they, you know, Pepio coming up, and I trust them to figure out. I trust them, like I always say, to pull a Tyler Anderson out of their nether regions. Um, but looking on paper, it's it's not the Dodgers that I'm used to predicting in the World Series every year, which is what I've done for almost every year. Yeah, I think that's actually a great way to put it. They're just not as bankable as they have been, which is a credit to them. Like you, you know, we've talked about it a lot here. Like they're such an easy bet, but. Yeah, like this has obviously been a shift in direction. It's worth noting, and I think it's a good pick by Andy, man. Like it's a fun one too. Yeah, that was it was going to be my atonement for picking the Giants <laughs> fifteen, but at this point, I'm going to go with the Blue Jays, Woo! a fine Woo! baseball team, a Woo-hoo-hoo! very talented baseball team. I mean, just what do you get? So who's left? We have Yankees, Braves, Mets. Padres, no, I should have taken that pun. Um, <laughs> but Padres, yeah, but uh, <laughs> Astros. I'll take the Blue Jays though. I think they're good. Their rotation stacked. Their lineup stacked. Uh, this is basically a vibes pick. Don't get mad at me. Don't send me uh, bad emails, Blue Jays fans. But you're talking Whit Merrifield and Kevin Kiermaier at the at the bottom. Those two players are going to make up for uh, all the good stuff that they did before that. Maybe not, but uh, boy, I hate that pick. I hate that pick. God, like it. Uh, yeah, I do. Fair. You know why? That's because fair. I think there's one that like. So th- this is where I get to like crap on your pick, but then like you know maybe open myself up for some nonsense. But like, <laughs> I-, I wish I could cue up the Joe Biden clip right now. Minnesota. Oh my God, we forgot Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota what? still on the board, baby. No, I fr- oh. I screwed up. I forgot Minnesota. Yeah, I we forgot just Minnesota. forgot. So anyway, yeah, we screwed that. Up. I would have picked them like seventeenth. Yeah, <laughs> I should have kept. Uh... I should have taken them after the Indi- or the Guardians. Uh, that I, I missed. Can you imagine the the sickos listening to this on their morning commute, being like, being like, why these are the stupidest people? Swans, <laughs> <laughs> the twins. Yeah, my bad. No, I yeah, I just forgot. I just forgot they existed, dude. I I wish they could put that on video, like Grant's little invitation there of people got the twins. For the love of God. Just sitting on the bus, just turning red. Yeah. Just red-ass commuters go, they haven't picked it. The Twins are still on the board. Ridiculous. Which is super embarrassing because we've been plotting this out. Uh, Weeks. I've, I sent you the, the emails, the PowerPoints. Since at least 8.50 a.m. 
West Coast time. Uh, all right, so Mark, let's say the Twins are off the board. Who would you take? Ooh, I don't like that. That's no fun. Um, <laughs> well, dude, okay, if the Twins were off. Imagine you were doing a podcast with two professionals. <laughs> <laughs> the San Diego Padres. Probably. I mean, you know, I, I think, God, so splashy, so much fun, all that stuff. But when you, you know, you start to scrutinize them just a little bit, it's easy to look at that, you know, the pitching and, and say, mm, you know, like there's a lot of, there's, there are ways to kind of pick them apart a little bit. So, you know, probably San Diego, if Minnesota weren't on the board. So, I mean, is that, is that, I mean, you're up next. Is that your pick? Is that your next pick? Oh, that would have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so who's left? Yankees, Mets, Braves, Astros? Uh, Yankees, Mets, Braves, Astros. I believe that's it. Well, no, wait. Did you pick the Padres? Because if you pick the Padres after I pick the Twins, then it's actually Grant's selection now. Oh, well, I just I didn't know we were actually keeping score. Well, I uh, uh, Sure, Grant. You go <laughs> next. Someone has to. I'm going to go with the Astros just because it's hard to run it back. It's just It doesn't happen a lot, and I think there's a reason for that. It's an extra... Uh, month of playing time. I, I just, I think they're fine. They're great. They could win the World Series for the next five years. They, they seem to have a, a pretty good organization. It's just hard to repeat. That's why it hasn't happened in a couple decades. So It's true. You saw how they were so drained by going to Game 6 of the World Series in 2021. You know, they, they, they couldn't even make it to Game 7 of the World Series the next year. So, like, it just, you're right. Boy, is it my turn? It's my turn. All right, I'll do it. The New York Yankees. The New York Yankees. Yeah, New York Yankees. Because, like, their offense isn't fundamentally different from the one everyone's been bitching and moaning about, it seems like, for the last decade. And I'm sorry, but Carlos Rodon, we're talking about, like, guys staying healthy earlier. Did not like that one. I think that's that's a lot of risk. I mean, he's got you know, high-end stuff. He's a great pitcher. But um, hard to see that. You know, seeing him stay healthy, it's really difficult to envision. And then, you know, Frankie Montas is in that rotation. is already on the shelf, right? Like, I mean, I, I think they've got some depth to help weather it, but, like, you still need those guys to perform. And I just don't think they're going to be on the field enough. And then once you get to the playoffs, I mean, is that offense any different than the ones that have shown up in October and just, like, struck out too much and all that? No, it's not. They're fundamentally the same. So it's, it's hard to bet on him. When you've seen that movie over and over again, of course, I'll say that. And then, like, the next time we're talking about the Yankees, you know, like, they're 15 games clear and headed for a parade. I don't know. But, like, I just don't, you know, nice job by them. Obviously, they had to keep Aaron Judge. They did that. Um, but not a big fan of the Rodone signing. And I just think their offense is pretty much the same as it's been. And that hasn't been a good result in October. So I'm going to take the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, I think the rose-colored glasses, the pinstriped colored glasses view would be that uh you know that that Cabrera, Peraza, Volpe, one of those guys, maybe two, uh could make some sort of an impact in the lineup, get it a bit younger, get it a little bit less creaky. You know, maybe that allows them to protect LeMayhew better during the season. So LeMayhew's available in the playoffs, you know, maybe, you know, Stanton. I, but yeah, I mean I think the fundamental argument you're making that the, the offense has a swing profile that tends to get exploited by elite teams based in the Houston area um is, you know, fundamentally sound however like 
I think the Yankees are really good. They were really good last year. They just they timed things up. Their sequence things, their sequencing of the season was off, um, and that it looked like a collapse when they ran away with their division and you know won ninety nine games and all that stuff. So I will pick them to win the East again, and I would not be shocked if they won the World Series. But so who's left? Mets and Braves. Well, real quick, I just have to say, your cat looked into the camera for the first time, and I saw through his eyes, that is an asshole cat. <laughs> yes. I love it. Yeah, he is. Like, he, he, store, he, he stared right through my soul, and I saw it, man. I saw Yeah, he the, sucks, man. You want him? No, he's, well, he looks great. I would love him. But. Yeah, he's, he's evil. In Harry's uh, defense, he's always been nice to me. Just, just saying. And I'm, I'm super <laughs> allergic to cats. Harry's been totally yeah. fine. Yeah, he's a jerk. <laughs> All right, uh, Braves and Mets are left. I'll take the Mets. Um, I would have taken the Mets a couple picks ahead of some of the teams that have already been taken, and that's not to slight the Mets too much. It's just they play in a division with the Braves, and uh, I don't know if we all unanimously agree that the Braves are the best team, but like if you were asking me if I had to make a World Series prediction right now, it would be Braves and Astros. I don't know what you guys would have, but – that's me for now. Probably. It's pretty yeah. close. And that's sort of why I, I came up with this exercise months ago is that <laughs> I wanted to get like through process of elimination to a World Series pick because it's easy to be like, oh, I think it's going to be Dodgers Yankees or something like that off the top of your head. But when you start looking at the team that's not going to win and you're trying to prove a negative, the Braves, to me, they have uh, youth. They should be fresh. Uh, they have pitching. They have depth. They have uh, improved the bullpen. I think that they are the clear World Series favorites as whatever that means. Like, that means nothing. That means absolutely uh, nothing. I do wish that we had forgotten about the Twins until this very moment. <laughs> and been like, congratulations hey, the to the Twins. twins. <laughs> Joe Ryan. Freaking Carlos Correa. Uh, God, you know what? Here's the not only are the Braves really good, but I would think is interesting about them. We make the, we make this crack all the time about all the extensions that they've signed. They're not going anywhere, right? We're gonna see this same crew. They're gonna run it back over and over and over and over again, and like, you know, be really good over and over and over and over again. And you know, I just think you know, the job that Alex Anthopoulos has done since coming over there. Obviously, there was a base of talent to work with already, but. Um, you know, they've, they've done such a good job of solidifying, growing that talent, keeping it together. Good for them, right? It's a well-run franchise that is going to win for a long time and it's going to be very difficult out for a long time. Um, kind of textbook of how you're supposed to do it. So the fact that we land on them, I got no problem with that, you know, I think they're really good. And, um, you know, <laughs> unfortunately for the Mets and Phillies, man, they're going to be good for a while. Yeah, it reminds me, like, when the Giants had their run, and they had it through first round pick success. They had they got Lincecum, Bumgarner, Posey, not in that order, but you had this this core, and then you're adding Brandon Belt and Brandon Crawford, and they did good things for a long time. The Braves' collection of talent is miles above that, I think. I mean, Posey is a Hall of Famer in my opinion, and Bumgarner has a Hall of Fame uh, peak. But when you're talking about what the Braves have put together, the ages that they all are. This is just going to go for years. This is just, it's its absurd. Yeah, I mean, at least for the next three, it's hard to, you know, because they just, yeah. But I think the, the way they've solidified their pitching um, and even just the depth they have in pitch, you know, like they don't have like Ian Anderson or Bryce Elder like in the rotation right now. And those would be guys who would probably be getting a lot of starts for a lot of even competitive teams, you know. And so they, I mean, their, their backup catcher is Travis Darno. 
How do you think they match up with the Twins in the World Series? <laughs> the who? No. All right. Oh, man. All right. This has been episode... Do you have final thoughts, I guess, before I, I go? I mean, I do the outro. It, how was this exercise? Was this the worst episode of the Athletic Baseball Show? Well, dude... No, I'm not just well, talking roundtable. According table. to the, the comments, <laughs> I mean, is this either the worst thing you've ever heard in your life? Or we should draft every week, like that. That seems to be like what the the uh, podcast comments are, man. Like there's there's no one that's saying, oh, roundtable's just not right. Nope. Yeah, those guys true. are horrific. They're terrible. I hope they die. Oh man, they're the best. Hilarious. More of it. Like that's it. There's, there's only two types. There's nothing in between. So what would like the musical equivalent of that be? Like what what are we as far as music? Andy, you've got a good musical. Uh, breadth of knowledge what band is polarizing like that what are we i don't that's a good question i don't i'm pretty detached from like critical opinion on a lot of things uh are we just like free jazz you know what i mean like you can't just put ornette coleman on at a party i think we're ornette coleman yeah that that makes (laughs) yeah you got to be like a real sort of uh round table head to enjoy this program like you gotta have some you gotta have you have to remember where you were the night Cliff Lee signed with the Phillies, right? <laughs> like, like you that's know, you, so good. yeah, like that's you, you have to remember. You have to have like vivid recollections of Dan Johnson, the great pumpkin. Yes, like, you know, you 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 have to have really taken in the early 20, 2010s baseball to care about the show. I think. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Brian, producer Brian says we're the Nickelback of podcasts. We're Nickelback. You had to have seen Josh Johnson come into the game for wow. the Niners on Sunday and say to yourself, didn't he just throw a bullpen session for the Blue Jays? <laughs> the Blue Jays going to get bring him back on a minor league deal? Honest, that's a good way to put it. If you're looking at Josh Johnson and you're going like, hey, Marlins, like really? your, your brain like, is broken in the good. right way. Yeah, Billy what happened great. to that guy? Uh, he broke. This has been episode 38. Uh, We will be back in a couple weeks to talk about things that we have meticulously planned. Uh, Thank you for listening. We will see you then.